Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to Christmas at the Compass. We've spent so much time preparing for this very moment. You know, we're going to be focusing on this concept and idea of peace. Can we experience peace in the midst of turmoil? Let's join in with our senior pastor, Jeff Griffin, to find out more. Merry Christmas, everybody. It is a treat to be with all of you. I'm thinking of everyone as you gather in your home celebrating Christmas together. And I can't wait to study God's word with you. You know, we're going to use the imagery of a snow globe. I just love snow globes, don't you? The history of the snow globe is that it was invented back in 1900 by a gentleman by the name of Erwin Percy of Austria. He was in the business of making surgical equipment, and the the light bulb was fairly new, and he was trying to find a way to amplify light bulb illumination for surgeries. And he had this idea, what if I took a jar and filled it with water and then I added some glitter into it, you know, the glitter that's reflective of light, and if I shine the light through, would that amplify the light? No, it was a terrible bust. But when he shook it up, he looked at it and he said, wait a minute, it reminded him of falling snow. And Irwin said, I have a very non-medical but exciting idea. And he got a little miniature people and miniature trees and a little miniature house, created a, a little world within the globe. And he made the first snow globe. And it was a huge success. In fact, it's been now, what, 122 years. Many millions of snow globes sold. But the Percy family in Austria continues to make high-quality snow globes to this day. I've always been mesmerized by the snow globe. As a child, I would shake mine and look at it, and it would trigger imagination and a little utopia of bliss. You know, one of the the things I love about the snow globe, and this is how we're going to use it today, it's an imagery of a transition of a storm that slowly turns into an environment of peace. It's the thing about snow, you know, when it's blowing around, snow, you know, is just chaotic. It's crazy. But as it begins to settle, when you wake up on a morning where everything is a winter wonderland and there's a fresh coat of white snow over everything, it's the picture of peace. That transition from storm and chaos to peace. It's what we all want. That's the desire of every heart. We live in a world that's so stormy, so filled with anxiety-producing elements. Every human heart longs for peace. On the night that Jesus was born, it was announced, peace on earth. And friends, that's exactly what we're here to study. Let's turn to the scripture, shall we? I'm reading out of Luke chapter 2, verse 13. This is on the night that Jesus was born and the fields nearby, there were shepherds keeping watch over their sheep, you may recall. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and announced the birth of the Messiah. Here in verse 13, 
more angels show up. It says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And here's the part that I want to zoom in on with you. Second part of verse 14. Here's what they said. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace on earth. Jesus comes to bring peace on earth. One of the things that was ironic is that when Christ was born, the Roman Empire was in its infancy. In fact, the first Roman emperor was reigning and the uh, reign was historic. We, we know that, you know, if you recall, I just read out of Luke 2, but if you back up to verse 1, uh, what does it say? It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that Caesar Augustus is the first Roman emperor. And his motto, you know, what he ran by was that he was the bringer of peace. He was the one who brought peace to the earth. Isn't that interesting? He was known for his peace. In fact, uh, they would talk about the Pax Romano. Pax, that's it's Latin, but it means peace of Rome. That he, Augustus, was the one who brought peace to everyone in the Roman Empire. In fact, a tremendously historic monument was brand new when Jesus was born. In Rome, this monument, which is still there today, by the way, you can find it now sheltered inside of a building constructed to protect it from the elements. But this monument is called the Altar to the Peace of Augustus. Again, new in the days of Jesus, it's an altar celebrating and proclaiming that Augustus brought peace. Now, the Pax Romano, the, the peace of Rome, what was it? It was this, that he dominated every nation in the vicinity and forced them into subordination to his rule. And as a result of his domination, there were no more warring parties. He's like, what a guy am I? Look at the peace I have brought. But that propaganda, which was on all the coins, Pax Romano, peace of Rome, it was a lie. They were being sold a bill of goods. The people would say, yeah, Rome is dominating and has ended warfare, but I feel no peace within. They were a conquered people in fear of the punishment of this mighty power. And so these people lived in internal anguish, though externally there was no warfare. Is that true, peace? Isn't it fascinating that at the exact moment that the first emperor was saying, I'm the bringer of peace, the angels announced, no, you're not. The true bringer of peace is the child born in Bethlehem. He is the one who brings peace on earth. Now, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's study the difference between the peace of Jesus in the peace of Augustus, shall we? The, the peace of Augustus, I will give him credit for this, it was equally applicable to everyone. You know, there was a sense in which everyone in the Roman Empire could enjoy the cessation of battle. 
Is Jesus's peace for everyone? Going back to this verse. I hope you're okay with this. We're going to spend our whole time looking at this little phrase. It's very rich. We're going to mine the depths. You're going to have to think. Can you think on Christmas Eve? Can you learn on Christmas Eve? I hope so, because you're about to. Again, it says, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. It seems to indicate that this peace on earth was only for some, for those to whom God is pleased. Now, when I say that, some of you are familiar with the old King James version of this verse. And it didn't sound like that, didn't read like that. Maybe you remember Charlie Brown and Linus reading on Charlie Brown Christmas. that uh, The old King James said this, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Do you remember? It was two things being given according to the King James. Peace on earth and goodwill to men. When we read the NIV that I'm reading from, or the New Living Translation, both of them sound very different. It sounds that the the peace on earth is only given to some. Let me help explain why there's such a difference in, in the translations. I'm nerding out here just a bit, but you can handle it. Scholars have looked back and realized as they translate into English that the Greek, it was originally in Greek, there are Textual variance, that means that some copies, handwritten copies that are really old, they're slightly different than other handwritten copies. And sure enough, this difference in translation is the result of a textual variant. The old King James, which is four centuries old, that has the word goodwill. I'm going to remind you uh, of goodwill. There are two things uh, that are mentioned in the passage, uh, peace and goodwill. The goodwill, let's talk about that, because here's where the textual variant is. The goodwill is a translation of the Greek word eudokia. And eudokia means positive emotions, that God has got goodwill towards us. Now, one letter is the textual variant. What modern scholars have discovered is that some versions have eudokios, just a little sigma, an S at the end of it. But that S is significant. It changes the tense of the noun and it makes it genitive, which means they've already possessed this goodwill. So when translated with that little s, it means that the peace on earth goes to all people who already possess the goodwill. Rather than it being I'm giving you peace and I'm giving you goodwill. It's I'm giving peace to those who have goodwill. That's why the translation I read says peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. To those who already have the goodwill of God. Isn't that interesting? The significance of this is that this peace Jesus came to bring is not for everybody. With the old translation, it seemed like everybody on earth, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. And admittedly, it's kind of fun to think of Jesus bringing this great blessing to everybody, but he doesn't bring it to everybody. The truth is the peace that he comes to bring on earth is only for those who've got the goodwill. What does it mean to have the goodwill? Well, I've already mentioned that this goodwill is God's emotion towards us. And and I'm going to mention it in two 
ways. First, it's no bad feelings and many good feelings. That's it. No bad feelings, many good feelings. Let me start with no bad feelings. For God to have goodwill towards somebody means that he has no hard feelings. He wishes you well. And friends, that means the people who are right with God, who are on his side, who aren't enemies of his. And the Bible teaches that we are born enemies of God. But that through Christ, who was born at Christmas, we can be reconciled to God, become his friend. And there's no ill will. It's all goodwill. Uh, We're good with him. He has no malicious feelings towards us. This emphasizes that the peace is for those who are right with God. Friends, think about it. The most peaceful truth you can imagine is being right with God. If you want peace, get right with God. If you're reconciled to your maker and you know when you die, you'll spend eternity with him, that is reason to be peaceful. That means you've got the most important thing. You're right with God. If there's a thousand little things that are wrong, if that one thing is right, you're good. It's kind of like when I remember I went uh, to the mailbox back when I was trying to get into Wheaton College. I was uh, a little outside of what they were looking for. I didn't perform well on my ACTs and SATs. Remember those tests? You, You students today, because of the pandemic, don't even need those for college admission. You are lucky because I didn't do well at those. And whether I got into Wheaton was very questionable. But I'll never forget that day when I got my acceptance letter. I was like, yes, you're accepted. When I went back to high school, you know, I still had a semester of high school to do it, my last part of the senior year. All of the problems seemed so small to me. It's like, oh, do I have a quiz? I'm terrified. You know, I don't care. I'm in. Those problems didn't cause me stress. I had peace Because the big thing was taken care of. It's kind of like that, friends. When you wake up as a Christian, you know, I've got goodwill of God. I've got the uh, favor of God. I'm his. We're on the same team. He's my father. I'm his daughter, his son. And when you celebrate that, no matter how many little things are wrong, the fact that you're right with God. It can bring peace. So that is no bad feelings. Remember I told you there's two parts to the eodokia? Here's the second part. Many good feelings. Eodokia not only means goodwill, no bad will towards you. It also means pleased. It means the absence of bad feelings, but the presence of good feelings. It can be translated that God delights in us, that he loves us. And that's why the translation that I read that says, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. If you have his goodwill, that means he's delighting in you. That's fascinating. When when my wife sometimes says to me, I like doing life with you. I, I love being with you. Boy, that's a powerful statement. And when God says, you delight me, you bring joy to my heart. Friends, that is so Peace-giving. When you realize that God smiles when he looks at you, that he's pleased with you, oh my. Let me illustrate just how powerful the peace-giving effect is. Uh, 
traffic. I don't know if there's anything that steals my peace as much as bumper-to-bumper rush hour. And there was one Saturday night, Jen and I were trying to get out of Chicago. It took us three hours. We sat in the worst traffic I have ever experienced. That's enough to drive me crazy. And yet, I had peace. You say, how did you do that, Jeff? Well, let me tell you, it was a long time ago. In fact, the night of this drive out of the city is the night I proposed to my wife. I was basking in the glory that she said yes. I was in that car just going, I don't care about anything. She said, yes, she wants to do life with me forever. And I just was so filled with joy at the knowledge that she delighted in me, that nothing else could bother me. That that can happen to us, you know. When you enter into the delight of God, when you hear him say, I am pleased with you. You bring me pleasure. You bring me delight. When you see the smile of God on your life, it will warm your heart and bring you a peace that no problem can steal. Isn't that beautiful? So goodwill and peace, they're connected. The passage actually announces with the birth of Jesus, there is peace on earth available to those who have the goodwill, to those who say there's no bad feelings from God towards me, and there's lots of good feelings from God towards me. Friends, that's what we want. Some of you may think, well, then I better start earning God's goodwill. No. The key to the goodwill of God is not doing good things. The key to the goodwill of God is trusting in the Christmas baby. That's so important. So many people think that getting on God's good side is earned by trying to live a really good life. No. In fact, you've got to give up trying to earn God's goodwill and instead say, Jesus Christ, I trust in you to forgive my sin and to take my broken life. And with that humble admission of sin and reliance on his forgiveness, you get the goodwill of God as a free gift. I pray you would trust in Christ as Savior this Christmas and as a gift get the goodwill that will bring the peace on earth. You know, I want to make one last comment about the peace on earth. You know, the Pax Romano that Caesar brought, that that, uh, peace of Rome? Yeah, well, it was an external peace, supposedly circumstances, no war, no battle. Yeah, fooey. That doesn't bring peace to the heart. But the peace of Jesus is peace to the heart. It's not circumstantial peace. In fact, it's inner peace that can exist even when the circumstances are crazy. It's what I love about a snow globe. Not only is it a little world of peace, but it's protected by the glass from the outside. So on the outside, you can have chaos. You can have a storm, a snowstorm. Boom, boom, boom. That was fun. But inside, peace remains. It's a crazy world we live in. The storm swirls around. But if you've got peace with Jesus, it doesn't matter what comes your way. You can enjoy. 
You can say, it is well with my soul. The Christmas child has come. He is my savior and I'm right with God through his uh, mission and his death on the cross. And he loves me. He delights in me. He's pleased with me. It's all good. I've got the peace Jesus came to bring. Let's pray for that, shall we? Just as a reminder, this is your chance to cry out to Jesus and ask him to be your Savior, your Lord, so that you can have his goodwill and enjoy his peace. Lord, we humbly acknowledge that we are not perfect, that we need the one who was born at Christmas, who it came to save. Jesus, thank you for coming. Be our Savior, the one who forgives our sin and takes away our guilt. Be our Lord Jesus, the one who guides our lives both now and forever. We want to be a part of your family. We want your goodwill. We want your smile and your delight with us. And we want your peace. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Peace has come. And we can experience that peace because of this person born over 2,000 years ago named Jesus. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us this Christmas season. I hope and pray that you have been blessed by our time together. I'd love to leave you right now with a blessing, or more specifically, the blessing as found in the Old Testament, and it goes like this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious towards you. The Lord turn his face towards you. And to tie it all back together, may the Lord give you peace. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you back here real soon.